Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another Haunted Happy Hour. And in this Haunted Happy Hour, we are going to discuss haunted ships. <laughs> Big boats. <laughs> Big boats. Big boats. And we each have, obviously, some stories. You guys know how this works. We get spooky, talk about some spooky shit. And this one's not going to divert into any side conversation. I don't think so. You got that no religion. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's really anything other than sailors praying that this could really get into. So I don't really yeah. care. If you think you're going <laughs> to die and you want to pray, then you by all means, <laughs> you pray. So I don't think that's going to get into get into that. So I have four. How many did you end up with? I got three. Got it. So this, this should be pretty pretty good we got some spooky spooky stuff this story is of the ss orang madan madan hmm, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay the seemingly impossible event is said to have taken place in the 1940s the precise precise the precise year tends to vary from source to source according to the story the ss orang madan a dutch vessel but not the flying dutchman thing <laughs> different things different different thing also spooky ship a dutch vessel was passing through the strait of malacca that's right yeah when it ran afoul of a mysterious tragedy nearby ships reported receiving a horrifying distress call all officers including captain dead lying in chart room and on bridge probably whole crew dead is what the message said jesus yeah can you imagine being the other ship like uh -uh. ah. I would hate that. And also, who's like sending that? I'm assuming somebody found it, but like, I would, I'd be like, cool, cool. So we passing that right away. <laughs> I'm not going on that ship. Right. There was an unintelligible frenzy of Morse code. The radio operator had the final word: "I die." <laughs> Jesus Christ! I ain't doing. Like, if if I was gonna go on there before that, I would have been like. Nope. No, we're done. We are letting that ship go. Mm-hmm. That's can let's just missile it like cannonball it, and <laughs> I can go to the bottom of the ocean, right. feed some sharks. I ain't doing it. Rescuers who boarded the vessel, it said, found the stricken ship just as described. The crew had indeed died. Their bodies strewn across the decks, like just the sh- everywhere. Jesus. Not only that, but they were found. Oh God. Teeth bared with their upturned faces to the sun, staring as if in fear. Jesus. Even the ship's dog was dead. Frozen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, even the dog. Even the fucking dog. Even the ship's dog was dead, frozen in this ghastly state, mid-growl at an assailant. Oh, my God. Yeah, or horror unknown. Was it Medusa? Maybe. (laughs) Who fuck? I don't know. Could have been. Could have been. That's just the start of the mystery of the Orang Medan. Reports go on to suggest that shortly after the ship was boarded, a fire broke out in its bowels, forcing those who had arrived to this grisly tableau to evacuate. Shortly after they did, the ship exploded with such force that it was lifted out of the ocean before quickly sinking without a trace. Jesus. Naturally, this leaves us with not one, but two incredible, incredible mysteries to ponder. What caused the mass demise of the crew and what caused the explosion after that? Because there's, but there's another thing to consider. Officially, the ship may never have existed. What? <laughs> yeah, like 
The famous story leads to all kinds of dead ends. Most notably, there is no mention of this ship registration in loyal shipping registers, nor has any official recording of the bizarre incident on board been discovered. The reason the precise date of the event has been so difficult to pinpoint is that newspaper reports tell various versions of the stories across a period of time, each adding and embellishing details along the way. Oh my god. <laughs> Nevertheless, believers swear that this impossible fantastical tale is absolutely true. It said that the ship's registry wasn't found because it was actually registered in Sumatra. The vessel's name translates to man from Medan, Medan being the Sumatran island. More than that, Professor Theodore Sears, oh, <laughs> a German researcher who has been poring over the fascinating case for around half a century, discovered an old German publication from 1953 entitled something German I can't read or <laughs> The Death Ship in the South Seas. This little booklet courtesy of now deceased scholar Otto I'm so sorry. It's believed by some to offer evidence that the ship was real, as was its tragic fate. It offers an intriguing possibility as to the cause of the explosion that sent the ship to the depths. It also suggests that potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin was stored in the ship's hold. If so, that could explain the sudden accidental destruction, as well as the nature of any records connected to the ship and the incident. In the tense international climate at the close of the World War II, these were super sensitive materials to be transporting and would spark quite an incident should they be used carelessly. So perhaps these details are so difficult to find because somebody wants them to be all this time later. Interesting. So as for the, as for the crew, it could have been an, an attack. That wouldn't be out of the question, especially around this time, but most accounts claim the bodies were largely unwounded. So the circumstances hint towards a release of maybe dangerous gases and other volatile and controversial yet familiar cargo in the international climate of World War II era. The possibility of a supernatural or otherworldly incident has been raised, especially circulating in publications, and that's of course impossible to verify. There are so many loose ends here. And one thing's for certain, the case is one of the most fascinating in nautical history. And much like Jack the Ripper's identity and countless other unsolved mysteries, it remains unsolved and is precisely impossible to, uh, like, for people to investigate because there's just no record of this ship, except there are tons and tons of newspapers saying this happened around that time. That's so, that, okay, that one was fascinating. Thank you. That's so interesting. Yeah, well, especially because obviously urban legends can happen. We have all sorts of newspaper yeah. things that aren't true. Like it's just the nature of not all journalism, of course, love journalism and journalists, but like that that just happens sometimes. One thing gets picked up and then somebody else picks it up and then somebody else picks it up. And then like it's, it's like a big game of telephone, especially when you are using Morse code and things like that, you know? Yeah, actually, you mentioned it in the beginning. I learned that the Flying Dutchman is exactly that. They actually don't know where that tale came from. So that is an urban legend. Yeah. So maybe that is too, but like whack. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I liked that one. Mm-hmm. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mine are more ghosty and less mystery. USS Hornet. The aircraft carrier was commissioned in 1943 during World War II and saw major combat in the Pacific in the following years. It was decommissioned in 1970, according to the Naval Historical Center, and is now billed as the most haunted U.S. ship in history. More than 300 people are said to have died while it was in use, with the cause of deaths ranging from industrial accidents to suicides. Now a floating museum, 
that is docked in Alameda, California, its caretakers say that ghosts have been sensed in its brig, sickbay, mess deck, and missile assembly room, among other locations. And I got a story from somebody who saw a ghost there. Her name is Kathleen. And this is what it is. My husband and I went with my aunt to tour the USS Hornet. At the end of the day, when the tours were closing down, my husband drug me off into a section of the ship that was obviously not open to tourists. The hallways were dark, the side rooms had bed frames just tossed into them, debris strewn all over like a trash heap. I was getting nervous, and we would either I was getting nervous we would either get lost or get into trouble for being in a section that was closed. Suddenly, a full uniformed officer came from around the corner. I knew for sure we were in trouble. He walked past us. He never made any eye contact, no acknowledgement of our presence whatsoever. He then turned into one of the rooms about 10 feet away. We followed behind him, and when passing the side room he went into, again piled high with bed frames and whatnot, he was gone. I told my husband we had to get out of there. Just then, my camera crashed to the floor. The camera came apart from the strap. I have owned that camera for eight years. Never before and never since has the camera come off the strap. I think back now, and I think what set off alarms was the lack of air movement as he walked by and no acknowledgement that we were even there. I truly believe we saw a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. You know what freaks me out, too, are shipwrecks. Like, when they're found at the bottom of the ocean. That is so haunting to me. Yes. Like, the Titanic or something. Yeah, like, seeing that kind of shit. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. I don't know. Like, even if nothing, like, haunting or haunted happened, just knowing that, like, people were on a ship and it sunk and now it's just at the bottom of the ocean. Like, not forgotten, but just, like chilling that's oh, so yeah. scary like this gigantic thing is just like at the bottom of the ocean somewhere oh my god that's so Dude, scary and there's so many of them like i know it's it's just a movie but it's just a movie about real events like when i watch titanic and they take those little little scuba drones down there and it comes out of nothingness just out of the darkness it appears i get overwhelmed every single time like it takes my breath away of how scary that how intimidating that is you're so little and this huge fucking thing is just sitting down there you don't the ocean is so huge. Oh, my God. It's so scary. Yeah, well, you could go down there and be doing that and just find anything anytime. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the ocean, and it doesn't really scare me like it should, but I don't know. <laughs> like, mm. So this one is called the SS Bechimo. Bechimo. Okay. SS Bechimo was a steel-hulled 1322-ton cargo steamer built in 1914 in Sweden and owned by Hudson's Bay Company used to trade provisions for pelts in Inuit settlements along the Victoria Island coast of the Northwest Territories of Canada. She became a notable ghost ship along the Alaska coast, being abandoned in 1931 and seen numerous times since then until her last sighting in 1969. On October 1st, 1931, at the end of a trading run and loaded with cargo of fur, Bechimo became trapped in pack ice. The crew briefly abandoned the ship, traveling over a half mile of ice to the town of Barrow to take shelter for two days, but the ship had broken free of the ice by the time the crew returned. The ship became mired again on October 8th, more thoroughly this time, and on the 15th of October, the Hudson's Bay Company sent aircraft to retrieve 22 of the crew, 15 men remained behind. Intending to wait out the winter if necessary, they constructed a wooden shelter some distance away. On November 24th, a powerful blizzard struck, and after it abated, there was no sign of the, the ship. Her captain decided she must have broken up during the storm and been sunk. A few days later, however, an Inuit seal hunter told him, him that he had seen Bechimo about 45 miles away from their position. The crewmen tracked the ship down, but deciding she was unlikely to survive the winter, they removed the most valuable furs from the hold to transport by air. 
Afterwards, the ship was abandoned. Bechimo did not sink, but instead drifted around on her own in the frigid waters, repeatedly becoming stuck in ice (laughs) and then freed to resume drifting again. She was sighted numerous times, still unmanned and adrift for nearly 40 years. That's crazy. People managed to board her several times, but each time they were either unequipped to salvage her or were driven away by bad weather. The last recorded sighting of Bechimo was by a group of Inuit in 1969, 38 years after she was abandoned. She was stuck fast in pack ice of the Balfour Sea, Beaufort Sea, sorry, between Point Barrow and Icy Cape off the northwestern Alaskan coast. Bechimo's ultimate fate is unknown. So the reason that this is seen as a ghost ship is because the sightings, many times people have believed that they do see a crew on Bechimo or that if they have tried to board it, they have been unwelcomed. So sightings. A few days after Bechimo had disappeared on November 24th, 1931, the ship was found 45 miles south of where she was lost, but again was ice packed. After several months, she was spotted again, but about 300 miles to the east. In March of the following year, she was seen floating peacefully near the shore by Leslie Melvin, a man traveling to Nome with his dog sled team. A few months after that, she was seen by a company of prospectors. In August 1932, she was boarded by a 20-man Alaskan trading company off of Wainwright, Alaska. In March 1933, she was found by a group of Alaskan natives who boarded her and were trapped aboard for 10 days by a freak storm. In August 1933, the Hudson Bay's company heard she was still afloat, but was too far a sea to salvage. 1934, in July, she was boarded by a group of explorers. In September 1935, she was seen off Alaskan's northwest coast. In November 1939, she was boarded by Captain Hugh Polson, wishing to salvage her, but the creeping ice flows intervened and the captain had to abandon her. This is the last recording. Bo- this is the last recorded boarding of the ship. After 1939, she was seen floating alone and without crew numerous times, but always eluded capture. March 1962, so 1939, and then not again until 1962, she was seen drifting along the sea by a group of Inuit. She was reported frozen in ice pack in 1969, 38 years after she was abandoned. This is the last recorded sighting. In 2006, the Alaskan government began to work on a project to solve the mystery of the ghost ship of the Arctic and locate this ship. Whether still afloat or on the ocean floor, she has not yet been found. And this is called Alaska's Phantom Ship because they cannot find this ship. People believe that this is like a kind of an omen because they've just never been able like it's been they've tried to salvage it people have tried to get on this ship they get trapped on it if they get on it they just are unable to salvage it it'll get it'll be floating fine and then you get on it and then it's stuck in ice like you're not going to get this ship they believe it was taken over by a ghost crew and that they're just not going to let people get on it this is their ship now and they're just going to float through the alaskan sea forever that's so awesome like an arctic pirate ghost an arctic pirate ghost ship yeah that's so What's so creepy about that, though, is that's not, like, that's not a thing. Ships just, like, are out in the ocean sometimes, just doing their thing with nobody on them because they get abandoned. That's crazy. Just chilling. Doing yeah. their Doing their boat thing. Yeah. Like, there's ships now that have freaking trees and shit growing on them. They're decaying, but they're, like, growing whole new lives because someone abandoned it and it just got, like, sent out into the ocean. That's so creepy, but so cool. USS Salem. The USS Salem, a heavy cruiser built by the Navy after World War II, is a significant historical and paranormal site in Quincy, Massachusetts. 
After housing the victims of the tragic 1953 Ionian earthquake that ravaged Greece's west coast, strange sightings, smells, and noises began to pop up from all corners of the warship. The spirits of those who passed away aboard the life-saving Sea Witch are said to still linger on board. The Navy ship's third wardom, or mess hall, is said to have the most activity, as it stands right above the makeshift morgue, read, freezer, that once held approximately 400 Greek casualties. This same area also reportedly houses a young Greek girl, a dark, taunting entity, and a violent hellhound with a heart-stopping growl. There is a recurring presence in the anchor windlass room, a man named John, who used to work in maintenance before his death. John Spector was the first USS Salem tour guide, appearing to visitors in full human form. His presence was unknown until guests began to praise the excellent, yet inexistent, guide. Among the other exciting warship residents, we find the ghost of a neat cook that maintains the kitchen area, organized, and a man in the mess hall that drags and overturns chairs. We also have the Burning Man. Believed to be one of the Ionian earthquake victims, the Burning Man has been described as a specter who smells like death. He is thought to be one of the many who unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> he is thought to be one of the many who unfortunately succumbed to their fatal fourth degree burns aboard the ship. Ghost tour guides often spot the Burning Man in the same room where the ship's morgue once stood, which is believed to be where he died. Earthquakes can cause gas lines to break and explode, making fires an unfortunate side effect of seismic events. The number of fire-related deaths on the ship might explain the unexpected ash scent that hits the majority of USS Salem visitors. It has a creepy name, too. Yeah. I love that. It was bound to be haunted. Right? With burning people. I know that was mean, but... They didn't even give it a chance. They were like gonna be called salem i know it's gonna be called, you know, <laughs> right. gonna be called salem burning that's gotta be the worst though like smelling burning that would see i get like when you said overwhelmed by like just watching titanic like same but like if i like go into things that like people died or in or haunted or like that mm-hmm. is so overwhelming i don't know how people don't like mm. Mm-mm. Yes, especially when, you know, the tour guide t- walks you in there and goes, oh, yeah, this was our makeshift morgue, which was just our freezer that held 400 bodies. Yeah, I couldn't imagine standing there and being like, I would feel that in my chest. I'd be like, oh, my God. Even if it's the weight not, of that. Yeah, even if it's not haunted, the fact that there were 400 dead people. Like, yes, those were people. That's sad. <laughs> like, that's- yes. And can you imagine that? Like, they went to save those people. I'm sure, not trying to be mean, but I guarantee you they didn't take 400 bodies and put them on board the ship. Like, they let those bodies stay. So those are the people that died on board. Yeah. Mm. No wonder that shit's haunted. Yeah. No, I, that's, ugh. I, 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 I get overwhelmed just in, like, history stuff. Like, and not, like, I'm not a history buff like you, but like, even just like I've mentioned, like going to like Chichen Itza, I was Mm -hmm. like overwhelmed just, and like, yeah, we took pictures and stuff, but there were people like not paying attention. And just, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What do you know what you're standing there? You know what I mean? Like I was overwhelmed and it was, it was insane, but I, I just can't imagine. And even like going to the Stanley hotel, like I know that that's not 
like it wasn't like major death you know obviously it was because tuberculosis and stuff but Mm -hmm. you know it was just like it could be haunted but it may not be but even then I was like whoa you know what I mean like you're just oh yeah oh yeah and then I I always have to like put it in context for myself and I'm like 400 people because you don't really you have to put that in context because you don't know you know like what 10 real people in your your circle of friends like I my whole school was 400 people that that would be my entire school just dead laying in that freezer room that's an insane perspective yeah okay So my next one goes all the way back to the 1700s. Taking it back. Taking it back. (laughs) So this one is the story of the Octavius. The story begins in 1761 with the Octavius docked in the port of London to take on a cargo destined for China. This sailing ship left port with a full crew, the skipper and his wife and son. They arrived safely in China and unloaded their cargo. They headed back to sea once she was loaded with goods destined for British shores, but as the weather was unusually warm, the captain decided to sail home via the Northwest Passage, a voyage that at the time had not been accomplished. Mistake. Big. Oh my God. So he, it's like the Titanic all over again. He's like, Mm -hmm. I want to be the one. Yeah. Dumb. Fucking men. (laughs) This was the last that anyone heard of the vessel, her crew, or her cargo. Octavius was declared lost. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. On October 11th, 1775, the whaling ship Harold was working the frigid waters off Greenland when it spotted a sailing ship. On nearing the ship, the crew saw the ship was weather beaten, the sails were tattered and torn, and hanging limply on the masts. The captain of the Herald ordered a boarding party to search the vessel, which they had determined was the Octavius. The boarding party arrived on deck to find it deserted. They broke open the ship's hatch and scrambled down the ladder into the semi-darkness below where a terrifying sight met their eyes. They found the entire 28-man crew frozen to death in their quarters. In the captain's cabin, they found the captain seated at his desk, pen in hand, with the ship's logbook open on the desk in front of him. The ink Frozen? Was- frozen, yeah. That had to happen so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. The ink, yeah, the inkwell and other everyday items were still in their place on the desk. Turning around, they saw a woman wrapped in a blanket on the bunk, frozen to death along with the body of her son. The boarding party was terrified. Grabbing the ship's log, they fled the Octavius. In their mad flight, they lost the middle pages of the logbook that were frozen solid and came loose from the book binding. They arrived back on the Herald with just the first and last pages of the logbook, which were enough for the master of the Herald to determine at least a part of the story of the voyage. The captain of the Octavius had tried to navigate the Northwest Passage, but his ship had become imprisoned in the ice of the Arctic, and the entire crew had perished. The ship's last recorded position was 75 north, 160 west, which placed the Octavius 250 miles north of Barrow, Alaska. Another Alaskan ship. (laughs) As the Octavius had been found off the coast of Greenland, it must have broken loose from the ice at some stage and completed its voyage through the passage... After it didn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's to, sad. Yeah, oh my god. To come out the other side where it met the Herald. The crew off the Herald were frightened of the Octavius and feared that it was cursed, so they simply let it drift. To this day, it has never been sighted again. That's crazy. Yeah. Author David Meyer has tried to track down the story of the Octavius. 
and he considers the idea that the Octavius could be the same ship as the Gloriana, which was boarded in 1775 by the captain of the Try Again, John Warrens. He recorded that he found a frozen crew that had been dead for 13 years, and the date of the discovery was similar, November 11th, 1762. Are they the same ship? So... There was there was another ship that was found 13 years after the crew froze to death, so it could be the same ship. So one was in October of 1775, and the other was in November of 1762. Is yeah. that what I got? Mm-hmm. That's so creepy that it's so close to each other too. The yeah. times when they found them, but they will never know, like for sure, what's ghost what. Ship. Yeah. Creepy. I love ghost ship stories. Yeah, it's just so sad. Like, that was such a treacherous thing to do, and then, like, you die, and then, like, your ship is just, like, lost, and you don't ever actually get, like, closure. But it made the journey. <laughs> yeah, like, it kept going, but <laughs> you didn't. Wow. And that poor mom and son, they were probably like, you fucking bastard. Oh, yeah. If we were in the afterlife together, like, I'd be cool because I'd be, like, peaceful in the afterlife, but I'd be like, you were, you're still a son of a bitch, though. You know that, right? <laughs> right i don't know though like freezing to death that's one of those deaths i would take though because you just go to sleep usually i don't know him sitting there holding the pen though that's so creepy that's true like i would freeze to death but also knowing that i'm gonna freeze to death i'd be like you're a fucking asshole (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly the bell of louisville Docked along the Ohio River near downtown Louisville, Kentucky, this paddle wheel steamboat dates to 1914 when it was originally named the Idlewild. The boat was renamed the Avalon in 1948, and in 1962 it was purchased by the city and renamed once again, this time to the Belle of Louisville. Through the years, the boat has developed a reputation of being haunted, especially by those who have worked on the boat for any amount of time. The Belle of Louisville has been the site of several deaths, including that of a captain, In 1948, Captain Ben Winter suffered a fatal heart attack in the wheelhouse and died shortly thereafter in the captain's quarters. According to a former employee of the boat, on at least two separate occasions, workers have died in both the engine room and near the paddle wheel. One was crushed to death when machinery was turned on accidentally, and another died when the paddle wheel was inadvertently placed into motion while he was performing routine maintenance in the area. That is so fucked up. Those poor people. Paranormal activity has been reported in these areas by longtime workers, and many of these events are said to take place in the early morning hours when the boat is nearly deserted. According to former employees of the Belle Louisville, newly hired workers are advised of potential paranormal occurrences aboard the boat. They are told they can talk about what they see or hear among themselves, but that no official quote-unquote record of such an event will be recorded in the log for fear of driving away the public or having government funding revoked. Therefore, any official statement regarding a haunting or paranormal activity aboard the boat has never been released to the general public. One former employee of the Bell reported that he was alone in an office late one evening completing some paperwork when he had the sense that he was being watched. He had looked down to file some papers into a nearby drawer, and when he looked up again, he claimed he was looking directly at the late Captain Ben Winters. The encounter lasted several seconds before the apparition faded away. During that time, the former employee said he was paralyzed with fear and could not take his eyes off the ghost. The same employee stated that the late captain has also been seen in the wheelhouse where he suffered his fatal heart attack back in 1948. I'm sure he was frozen and also peed himself because that would be me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. mm. 
like you think you're alone you just like bend down to file something and then you stand up and there's someone like standing there staring at you fuck mm -hmm. that yeah yeah mm. it's so funny because we always do these things and we just have the same exact prompt but we always typically find like I find the same type of things and you find the same type of things but they're so different uh-huh like you went straight paranormal and I went straight like nobody knows yeah Total I like mystery. I I love that about it how we have different approaches to it that's the best yeah like I also was like looking into shipwrecks and stuff and then I was like mm, that's hard though because like usually things just happen and they're like and it's kind of haunted maybe and then I'm like well Okay. Right, exactly. I also like that we didn't talk about the Queen Mary. Everybody knows about the Queen Mary, like the most haunted ship ever. You can and go this way if you want to hear. And yeah. the Flying Dutchman, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the Queen Mary though. That that's spooky shit. Yeah, so spooky. I would love to go there and. Uh, Same. We need to do another like haunted hotel stay at the Queen Mary sometime. I'm so down. Well, the pandemic needs to end, and we need more patrons. <laughs> also that. Patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast <laughs> fund our haunted hotel series. And we've only done the one and it's in the same state as us. So it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was like expensive, a weekend. But it, was. Yeah, it was. It was like a 600 and something dollar room because Stephen <laughs> King stayed there and there were no ghosties. Well, that's a good thing. But yeah. Yeah. I would have been freaked out. Have freaked we, out. we did leave the, the reader on and it didn't go off. Thank God. We, we had a whole plan. We were like, if it goes off, we're fucking out. <laughs> we are sleeping in the car. <laughs> there were three of us in one bed, and we were like, mm, who's going to get up and go get the thing? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so the last one I have is not the Queen Mary, but the Mary Celeste. So Ooh. different, different, different. Different things. Still, still a mystery. Lots of theories. All right. I don't know how to say this. De gratia? D-E-I-G-R-A-T-I-A? No idea. All right, great. <laughs> Sorry. When the... Yeah. Well, okay, anyways. I would just say it that way, yeah. Yeah. Okay. On December 5th, 1872, while sailing through rough weather, the British brig De Gratia sighted a seemingly abandoned ship drifting through the Atlantic near the Azores Islands, about a thousand miles west of Portugal. While the crew boarded the Mary Celeste, they found everything in perfect order, with even the crew's clothes neatly packed away, yet no people anywhere to be found. The only clues about the lack of people were a disassembled pump in the hold and a missing lifeboat. Bolt. Li missing lifeboat. They found everything in perfect order, with even the crew's clothes neatly packed away, yet no people anywhere to be found. The only clues about the lack of people were a disassembled pump in the hold and a missing lifeboat. So began one of the most enduring mysteries of the sea. Theories from the wildly implausible involving sea monsters to the now reasonable fear of fire from the alcohol cargo abounded. By now, there have been more than a century and a half of theories, but finally we may have found an answer. I'm not interested Ooh. in that. I want to know about <laughs> the ghosts. <laughs> I don't care about logic. <laughs> the Discovery. On November 7th, 1872, Captain Benjamin Briggs and the crew of the Mary Celeste a merchant ship with a cargo of denatured alcohol had left New York Harbor for Italy. He brought seven handpicked crew along with his wife and daughter, but of course they never reached their destination. 
After leaving New York, the Mary Celeste battled its way through treacherous seas and howling winds for two weeks. Then on November 25th, the captain entered what would be the last entry in the log. That's always so creepy to me. Mm-hmm. Like you find a ship and then like the last thing in their log is something like spooky. But yeah, this wasn't at the time. Nothing was amiss. But when the other crew found the Mary Celeste on December 5th, there was not a person in sight. When the captain of the De Gratia, Gratia aborted the ghost ship, he found three and a half feet of water in the bilge, the lowest point of the ship that sits below the waterline. The cargo was intact, though some of the barrels were empty. What's more, the ghost ship was still seaworthy, so the crew split up, and together the two ships sailed and to Gibraltar, where they could claim salvage rights under maritime law. The theories... Why was the ship abandoned? It was perfectly seaworthy. There were six months of food and water. The crew's belongings were stowed away. A captain would only abandon ship in the direst circumstances, and the circumstances certainly didn't seem dire. This would remain a century for nearly a century and a half. A mystery for nearly a century and a half. Jesus. (laughs) Some believed that the crew had drunk the alcohol and mutinied, but there was no sign of violence. Some said the ship must have been raided by pirates, but no valuables were missing. Arthur Conan Doyle's short story on the subject detailed an ex-slave capturing the ship, but where did he and everyone else go? Sea monsters and water spouts were also proposed. Yet for all these theories, none of the evidence ever matched. Perhaps the most plausible theory was that the vapors from the alcohol had blown the hatch covers off. Then, fearing fire, the crew abandoned ship, but the hatch cover was securely fastened. Not even foul play appeared to be at the root of the matter. When the two ships arrived... They submitted its salvage claim. The court at first suspected foul play, but even after a three-month investigation, they were unable to find any evidence. The crew eventually received payment. It was, however, only one-sixth of the total $46,000 value of the Mary Celeste, and apparently authorities weren't totally convinced of their innocence. So they thought maybe (laughs) this crew took over and killed that crew. So what seems to be the truth? In 1884, author Conan Doyle wrote his short story, based on the tale of the Mary Celeste. The publicity from the short story led to a new investigation into the ship, but no new revelations were found. In 2002, documentarian Anne McGregor began to investigate. Using various modern methods, she reconstructed the drift of the ghost ship and deduced that the captain had a faulty chronometer and was hopelessly off course. The Mary Celeste was 120 miles west of where it should have been, and the captain thus expected to sight land three days earlier than he did. He then changed course towards Santa Maria Island in the Azores and was probably looking for shelter from the relentless weather, but even all of this wouldn't make Captain abandon ship. But she also learned that the ship had been recently refitted and that coal dust and debris from the refitting had likely clogged the pumps and that removed the water that can make it make into even a seaworthy ship's bilge. With the pumps not working and there being no way to pump out any water that might naturally make its way into the ship, Captain Briggs may have decided that with the ship off course, yet at least near some kind of land, the crew ought to cut their losses and simply try to save themselves. But this theory is not universally accepted or definitely not provable, but it at least lines up with some evidence. Finally, some 130 years after the vanishing, maybe it's solved, but people are still not convinced. Many are still convinced that it was something paranormal. People don't just leave a ship, leave their stuff, leave their money, especially in these days, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely. I mean, we've seen people in these stories go down with their ship, freeze to death. They would rather do anything than leave their ship and their money behind. Especially with such not 
primitive technology. I won't say that, but how could he have known all of these things? So yeah, maybe, maybe he was off course like that. That's very certain, but that's why it's called a ghost ship because people are not convinced. Oh my God. But if they did abandon that ship because they thought their ship was basically going to go down and that they were close enough to land for a little like life-saving vessel to get them there, but he was off fucking course, then they probably weren't. They probably died out there on that little boat anyway. That's so sad and scary. Yeah. I mean, maybe they made it to that island that they were kind of close to that wasn't actually where they were supposed to be, but who knows? But I feel like then you would have stories of people going, yeah, I was on the Mary Celeste. We let the boat go. Especially with the news circulating, you know. Or they would have tried to go home. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Someone would have been like, oh, yeah, I was on that boat. Oh, that's so sad. Jeez. And creepy. Yeah. Also, yeah, like, I feel like Medusa's just out there doing shit. She's real. (laughs) She's like, fuck all (laughs) y'all. I want that alcohol. (laughs) Well, those are your haunted or unsolved mystery ships. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I've never taken a cruise. Fuck that. (laughs) Right? I I honestly don't want to be trapped on a ship. You know, like, I'll just go fly somewhere and and stay on an island before I really want to go on a cruise. I know they're cheap and, like, that's cool and stuff, but nah, I don't really have any desire. Yeah, but what about the horror stories recently of, like, the carnival cruise that got stuck in, you know, a harbor and then, you know, the people stuck because of the coronavirus? No, no, no. No, no. I'm good. It ain't gonna be me. I ain't doing it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I would go with friends for like like a four day or whatever, like a five day, like a short one. I, I know that's yeah. not for, but yeah. I don't know. To the Bahamas or something and back. I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem that fun to me. I know some people have gone and they've really loved it. And I saw some people have gone and they've been like, I was so bored on that ship. So yeah. I think I'd rather just fly to a tropical location and like get a bougie ass hotel and just stay there the whole time and be able to do whatever I wanted. Agreed. Now, I will say there is one cruise that I am dying, like it's on my bucket list I want to do so bad, and but I would fly there. So it's cruise down the Nile in Egypt. Y'all know how much I love Egypt. So I would fly there. But yeah, it would. it's like a 14 day cruise just down the Nile seeing all these sites. Hells yeah, I would do that. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure they let you out all the time, especially because it's down the Nile. So you, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, the yeah, ones these... like, Belize and Cancun and, like, Across Bahamas. the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's like you get out for, like, a day or two, and then the rest mm-hmm. of, like, the three or four days you're on the ship, and it's like, meh. Yeah, exactly. It's, honestly, that's the same reason I don't like road trips, because you're just stuck in the car the whole time until you get to your destination, and then you're only there for a couple of days, and then you have to do most of the day, like, your fucking time off work to drive back. It's so wasted, and I hate it. Yeah, I'm only like, if it's one day of driving and then like six days there and one day of driving back, I'm like, okay, if it's like 12 mm-hmm. hours or less, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But if it's like 24 or whatever, I'm like, nah, let's just fly. Yes, my mom got an RV and she's like a big RV person and she keeps wanting me to go on like trips with her to, most of my family lives in Boston and she's like, let's go. And I'm like, that's a week out of my life. No, I will fly there and meet you. At least she RVs, though, and has, like, beds and kitchen and stuff. Yeah, like, I get to you know. stay for free. Like, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That If you're going to, like, road trip, RVs the way to go. Right. Your own kitchen, your own bathroom. You right. can bring your animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody gets to go with you. 
Exactly. And That's the only reason around. I would want one. Yeah. Because I want to bring my cats with me. But Exactly. Eh. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us again. We really appreciate it. And I already plugged the Patreon. So that's, you know, that's that. <laughs> and of course, Facebook and Instagram, the Extra Sisters podcast. Twitter is at the Extra Sisters. And if you'd like to hang out with us, you know, you can do that over there. And if you'd like to email us about anything, it's the Extra Sisters at gmail.com. We're pretty easy to find. And we do have a pretty cool haunted happy hour coming up. If anybody has any, you know, visitations from deceased family or anything like that they want to share any stories we do have that coming up we would love to say those on here if you let us and until then stay creepy